Welcome to Opening the Court, a tennis podcast hosted by Asha Roll and Sinead Perry. I'm Chi Young Park, creator and producer. Hi, uh, my name is Asha Roll. I am a former BTA player. I made career high of 82 in the world, and I am director of tennis right now at the NYJPL. Hi, I'm Sinead Perry. I am a former professional tennis player. Uh, I reached the career high of 40 in the world. I am currently coaching. Uh, I've coached D1 players, coached some professional players, and I am currently a director at NYJTL. I've had this idea for this podcast, and it just kind of sat on the shelf for a really long time until I met both of you. What were the first thoughts when I asked you to host this podcast? Um, I was excited. I thought it would be a, a good way for me to kind of segue into something different with tennis, just actually speaking and having a, a platform for other people to listen and hopefully be inspired or engaged. I thought it was great. And Asha, what were your first thoughts? I was excited as well. I think that we have a little more insight uh, into the tennis world because we lived it. So being able to kind of highlight other people's, you know, past the success and their challenges and struggles, I think was um, an exciting task. How do you think this podcast is going to be different from other tennis podcasts? I like the fact that the, the subjects that we could touch upon that maybe most tennis podcasts don't, you know, it's not going to be very general about what's going on in the tennis world currently, but possibly just with players' stories and, you know, how they're feeling and what they're not feeling. And I, I think that's going to be the core part of what we're doing. And I think it's going to be exciting for listeners to hear that um, from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. I think this will be different because we're two unique hosts. Um, we both are former players, women of color. So I think our perspectives are unique. And I think that we may have more insight that maybe some other hosts don't have in terms of the questions we can ask and the things that we can dive into. Why do you think it's important for players to share their stories? I mean, I think it's important no matter what level you are, your struggles, your journey, right? I think it's important for people to be able to give their insight from their perspective and what they're looking to do and what their goals are and thoughts and feelings. So, you know, I, I know that everyone has a challenge and experience, good ones, bad ones. And I think that's just going to be the most exciting part um, for these players is to be able to have their own stories told the way that they want it to be told. For me, I think that uh, representation is important. And because we have unique guests, um, I think we're going to see a lot of uh, different paths to success. Maybe we could hot they, they'll highlight some of the challenges that they've gone through. And it's all about being able to relate. Um, I'm sure everyone's going to be able to relate to their stories and be inspired with their pathways. All right, so I'm just going to lay it out here. After this episode, no one will hear or see me ever again. It's all on you two, ladies. You are the hosts. You will be taking this over. I'm just introducing you to the world, to our listeners. So where did you guys grow up? I grew up in D.C. Um, I was born in D.C. I grew up in the outskirts. I grew up in Maryland. Um, I lived there until I was about 12 years old. And then for my tennis, I moved to Florida and I grew up in Florida for the rest of my childhood and adult years. I met Asha in Florida, so I let her go into that, but I definitely met her there and she grew up there as well. 
Yep. I grew up in uh, Miami Shores, Florida, um, pretty much my whole life until I moved to New York and became a New Yorker. So Sinead, how did your family decide for you to move to Florida? So when I was 12, I got offered a scholarship to well, IMG now, but voluntary at the time. Um, they started a minority program called Black Dynamics. Um, I was the first recipient for a four-year scholarship there. Um, and we were only supposed to go for four years. And we ended up <laughs> being there for the rest of my life. But that's kind of how we decided. It was a, an option of me boarding and, you know, leaving my parents and just going. And I wasn't really, you know, I was pretty shy as a kid. So I wasn't really comfortable just going there by myself. So they made the sacrifice to to move. and. Um, we stayed there. I only did a year and a half of that scholarship, but we ended up staying in Florida and going to a different academy. And yeah, that's just kind of my journey there. And is that where you met Asha? Asha and I were trying to pinpoint this the other day. Um, we probably played tournaments in the same, you know, like in the section of Florida. But I don't know. I, I don't know where we actually met. Maybe maybe she knows. I think we met probably in a junior tournament around 14 or 15. Um, I definitely remember seeing you at, at, at one of the junior tournaments. I was like, oh, she has a one-handed backhand like me. Oh, she can slice. You definitely stood out to me because that was so rare to see, you know, another girl my age that had the one-handed backhand and similar playing style. Um, so I do remember you standing out. So we're going to be clear. My backhand was nowhere near Asha's. Uh, maybe our slices were kind of similar. Um, how were both of you introduced to tennis? Like, is that something you found on your own? Is it something that your parents introduced? Yeah, so I was a I was a pretty big tomboy growing up. Um, I would always hang out with my brothers on this basketball court. And they were 10 years older than, than me. So I'm sure they were trying to get me out of their hair. And uh, one day we were on the basketball courts and right behind the basketball courts are some tennis courts. And they see kind of kids playing tennis. So they asked my parents if, if I could go over to the local community center and play tennis. And I think back then it was like $20 for the week after school program. So they were like, sure, you know, go ahead and try tennis. Um, the coaches found that I was pretty good and they kind of encouraged my parents to keep me involved in the sport. And the, the rest was history. So it really is uh, a credit to my brothers uh, pushing me to the sport. And Shanae? For me, um, my dad played tennis. So he was a fireman. I think they had like two days on, two or three days off. So in his off days before I was in school or in kindergarten, I uh, would go with him to the park where he would play with his friends. He was a fanatic. So um, mm -hmm. I guess one day I would just looked kind of bored and I was hitting against the wall and he and his friends saw it and you know they took me to the court and and said let's see if you know if she has some potential just I guess just to hit around and they saw that I had a little bit of potential on what they thought at the time and, and I kind of just continued they put me in some group classes and I took maybe a couple lessons just after school stuff nothing really serious and you know by the time I got to eight nine ten I was playing some tournaments kind of getting into it What's your favorite childhood tennis memory? For me, I played, I grew up playing in D.C., so they had like a, a big tennis center. I think now they have the city open there. Um, but they always had a tournament there, Virginia, Virginia Slims and the, the ATP Tour. So I think uh, I was probably six or seven, and they brought me on stadium court to go out and rally with one of my coaches in front of, you know, a crowd of people. And, I mean, I was really nervous. I was super shy kid. and. It was great because I, you know, at that age, I got to 
feel like I was a star at some point and I really wasn't, but I just got to feel like that. And, and uh, it kind of put me in a different mindset of, oh, okay, you know, maybe people are really paying attention to something that I can do. And maybe there is something that I, I really can do. So, um, you know, it, it kind of put tennis on the map of, of sports for me where basketball was always the forefront. I always wanted to play basketball. Mm-hmm. I think I have two. I was training at a, a park called Moore Park. And um, right before the Miami Open, they had all the pros come into town. And Pete Sampras came to our club and, and I got to hit with him. Um, so that was um, amazing. You know, you see someone that's playing on, on TV and you, you see them in person. It's definitely inspiring. And then the second one I would say is probably when I first started tennis, we had this relay race every Saturday morning. And I can remember always wanting to finish in first in the relay race. I look forward to the relay race at the end of the clinic every week. So when did you guys turn pro? I turned pro in January 2000, so I was 16. And I think I turned pro um, 18 or 19. I remember I was actually considering going to Georgia Tech or University of Florida. I actually went to do both of those school visits. And then I decided to just uh, uh, stay out for one year, try the tour and see how I did. I, I did pretty well. I felt like I could handle the level. So I, I never um, went back to, to college for tennis. And Shanae, with you, what what made you decide to forego college and just go straight to turning pro? You know what? People ask me that all the time. I don't really think there was anything that made me. Um, I think at that time, you know, at the beginning of the year, you kind of had to consider whether you're going to be amateur or pro. And I think I think it was just something that I, I honestly, it's just something that just happened. Were you getting recruited? Were any scholarship offers? Were those coming in? I do know colleges were interested in me, but I stopped playing juniors. You know, I was always playing up. So it wasn't like I was really winning. So I wasn't like one of the highly recruited kids or, you know, I think it, it's it's really strange because someone mentioned to the, this to me a while back at USTA that I was one of the players who was not very good at juniors. Um who turned pro and ended up being top 50. And, and it was like such a small percentage of people. And were your parents supportive? We moved to Florida. Um, this is what you're doing. This is what we were doing at the time. And th- we moved here for this. Um, regardless of where everyone else feels you are, we feel like you can do this. So if, if that's what you you know want to do and you're committed to doing, we're going to support you 100%. They did that financially, emotionally. They were very supportive. By no means were my parents well off. Um, I think there were a lot of sacrifices that they made as well. I echo uh, Shanae's, you know, sentiments about financial sacrifices and how our parents really um, went all out to make sure that we could live our dreams. I was homeschooled just to, to make sure that, you know, my tennis could develop and I could spend more hours putting into my craft. And I, I feel as though if, if I hadn't been been homeschooled, I'm not sure I would have been able to catch up, right? I didn't play tennis until the age of nine. So the fact that I was able to train a lot more hours helped me catch up to that point. And then um, I was able to be successful. So all of it is is uh, thanks to them. What's it like transitioning from juniors to the professional tour? Like, what are some bumps that you encountered? I think from the juniors perspective, um, you know, in juniors, everyone is either someone's your age or maybe they're older than you or maybe slightly younger than you. And it kind of matters, you know, oh, I can't lose to someone younger than me or it'd be great if I could be someone older than me. 
and in pros none of that matters right so you can get out there and you're playing and you know you can be 20 years old and you're playing a 15 year old who's fresh on tour and they kick your butt you know so it's just that was that was that everyone could play right when you're out there everyone's going to be able to play and you better be ready Mm -hmm. I can think about it in probably two parts so from juniors to pros you think about it in the tennis perspective and one of the the things that I was or my coaches were always stressing to me is that it's important to be versatile. Um, there's so many more game styles in the pro tour. Girls hit the ball a lot bigger. Um, so perfecting the variety was really important for me going from juniors to pros. Um, and then if we talk about kind of the lifestyle, it's a lot more traveling, right? You travel a lot. Um, it can be lonely. I was lucky enough to have my sister travel with me for the first couple of years. So that helped. The USDA also helped me with the traveling coach at times. Um, and they supported us. Like we didn't have to pay for this coach. Shanae and I actually traveled with the same coach. His name is Coach Ola um, from USDA. So that helped give us a support system and kind of help, you know, guide us on how, how we should be managing ourselves after matches. This is the way you recover. You know, this is the amount of sleep that you need to be successful. This is what you should be eating. So there's so many little intricate things that go into the success of a pro athlete that might be looked overlooked as a junior. Is there a handbook they handed you? Like, this is what you should know. Or did, like, was it just, were you relying on your coach for this information? And were like older players like giving you some tips? You know, one thing that was, was interesting is that um, with the USTA, when we would travel, sometimes we would, we would have the luxury of traveling with another player. And I remember when Shanae played Emily Moresmo um, in the Australian Open on the stadium court. So that I got to sit with our coach Ola on the sidelines and see Shanae play this match. Now, I'm not on Shanae's level yet, right? She's, I probably lost in qualifying. She's in the main draw playing on the stadium court. So as a young, young one watching her, it was kind of like learning. It's like, okay, if Shanae, how is Shanae going to go through this experience? And then I can, and then when I get my chance to go through the experience, I saw Shanae do it, right? So that was a, it was a lot of that um, with the USTA, kind of watching someone more senior and more advanced and then learning from them and see how they handle scenarios. So what were some of the high points on the tour? I think the highest point for me was probably uh, in 2007 when I uh, reached my career high ranking of 82 in the world because I had uh, gotten to the third round of the U.S. Open that year. Um, I was training with the USTA for several years and they gave me a wild card into the tournament. I think along that, that ride, I beat Tatiana Gullivan, who was like 11 in the world at the time. Um, so coming in as a wild card and to beat someone ranked so high was amazing. Uh, my whole family was there to help support. So so that was awesome. And I think even on the match point, uh, there was kind of some drama there because it was a uh, you had to go back to the shot spot to see to make sure the ball was actually out. Uh, so I, I can remember being at the net like, please, Lord, let this ball be out because I do not want to have to play another point. Um, and sure enough, it was out. I had uh, won. So it was uh, a great time. Shanae, what about you? I think the highlights, I mean, Wimbledon, I got to Wimbledon fourth round in I think 2006. And that's definitely the pinnacle of my career. You know, the highest ranking also is, is pinnacle. But I feel like for me, just life lessons that I learned, being able to travel, being exposed to, you know, different cultures, different sites, venues, 
just a whole learning experience, I think, was the highlight for me. But I don't really think I would be this person had I not had those experiences, especially not going to college. Not that college defines everything you do, but, it, you know, at that age, it kind of gives you a platform to kind of run in, into adulthood. And, you know, when you're 16, 17, 18, you're not really running many places. And, and you know, you're forced to kind of grow up fast in this world of tennis and traveling. And I feel like those were the highlights for me is the learning and everything that I got to experience out of that. The winning was good. Making money was great. But, you know, I, I can do that elsewhere. So I don't think that's an experience I will never get back. And I'm, you know, that's, that's, for me, that's the highlight. What was, um, you said life lessons. What's some, what are some life lessons that you learned? I think discipline. I learned a lot of discipline within my young age of being out there, you know, traveling with my dad. But then when I started traveling by myself, it's like, you have to get it together. You have to make sure that everything is set, your flights, all these things. So just being disciplined, being responsible, um, learning how to manage myself. Um, again, like Asha mentioned, you're alone. So you have to learn how to deal with those emotions at such a young age. Um, so soothing, you know, when you don't win matches. I mean, these are a lot of things that I really learned um, that kind of took me, it just took me into, into life that, you know, maybe people don't learn at that, at that age. But again, you're forced to really grow up because it's just you out there and it's just really you on the court and you're your, your worst enemy or your, your best friend. What about you, Asha? What about uh, life lessons that you learned from the tour? Life lessons. I think because I played on the tour, I could probably do any other job. Um, being on the tour was very hard, taught us discipline. I agree, Shanae, taught us resilience. If you're not winning the tournament, um, you're losing every week. Um, so how do you handle, you know, tough situations? Are you resilient enough to get yourself together to go to the next tournament and to compete again? Taught you um, patience. Sometimes developing can be something that takes some time. So are you patient enough with yourself to really stick with it and work through it. How long did both of you play on the tour and what led to your retirements? Uh, I played 10 years. Um, I was in and out of, I think I was out one of those years with injury. What led to my retirement was injury. Uh, I had been battling with a pretty serious knee injury for about I would say from 20 to 26. So I turned pro at 16, I retired at 26. You know, it was just mentally tough to, to deal with and physically was the, was the first thing, but I could no longer deal with it mentally. So I decided that I was gonna, you know, end the career and not, you know, pursue other avenues of rehabilitation or surgeries. Can I show you? For me, I played for about 10 years as well. And it was also knee injuries for me. I had bone spurs in both of my knees and then it it got to the point where it was kind of bone on bone. So it was very painful. It was hard to compete at a high level and recover properly for the next match. Looking back, favorite tournament you guys played at? Uh, mine was always Indian Wells. That was always my favorite. Just because, I mean, the atmosphere is super nice. Um, what they've been doing with the tournament to increase it to where it is today. I mean, it's an unbelievable tournament. Being out in Indian Wells is also a good experience. It's very nice. I felt found it very relaxing and very calming to place to be to, to when you're at a tournament that can be so chaotic. I also preferred the courts there because they were 
very slow. So I, I really enjoyed that, <laughs> that part of it. So, Shanae, you know, we have a funny Indian Wells story, actually. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> Shanae was in the main draw of Indian Wells, and I think I had uh, probably lost in the qualifying. And and um, how it goes is they ha- they give you housing up until like your last day or the day after that you're actually in the event. So Shanae was gracious enough to let me stay in her hotel room, and she had two um you know two separate beds. And that night she was sleeping, and I was sleepwalking. Next thing you know, I'm standing over Shanae, staring at her. She wakes up and she's like, "Hey, what's up?" <laughs> <laughs> I wake up out of my 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 sleeping stumper and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like I don't I, I guess I was sleepwalking. I'm, I'm terribly sorry. And in my head, I'm like, Shanae's never gonna let me stay with her again. <laughs> you feel like something is standing around you or behind you. Or... <laughs> Did you know I you were a sleepwalker? I didn't know that I was a sleepwalker and and I don't usually sleepwalk, but that particular particular night for whatever reason. I did. And I was standing over she day. <laughs> yeah. I, I, so we'll take that back. Indian Wells is not my favorite. Term. No, Indian Wells is still my favorite. Yeah. That, was, that, was, that was one of the many funny things that has happened on tour. So. Oh, man. I'm glad you brought that one up. Yeah. I would say mine is uh, was U.S. Open. Uh, the way the fans cheer for Americans is unmatched. I did my best at that event. So I think uh, I would go with U.S. Open. You you girls are Miami girls and you're not, no no love to the Miami Open? What's going on? We actually trained at the site too. <laughs> I did have one good match there that I, I can remember. I was playing against Fabiola Zuluaga from Colombia and she was probably like 13 or something in the world. And we're on one of like the side stadium courts and I go out there and the stands are full of Colombians. There was not one American except my coach Ola, my mom and my dad. Just like a soccer match. Like you go there and it's like people like the feet like banging on the on the bleachers and signs and flags. And and I was really shocked because I understood that, you know, she had a, a big following and I know there's a big following for her in Miami, but also I never thought that not one American would probably be in the stands besides my own family. And my coach wasn't even American. And I ended up winning the match, like with, you know, all of Colombia rooting against me. And it, it I mean, it was a great feeling because, you know, it, it was such a big pivotal part of that tournament for me. And just in my career to beat someone of that caliber in front of a crowd that was not on my side. Were you like, hey, this is my home tournament? That's what makes it great, right? You have all these international fans from wherever. And, you know, they find a player and they support the player. And like Asha said to US Open, the fans for her, you know, mm-hmm. came out and they were great. So looking back, I think that's a great experience to play with as some, if it were for me or against me. Um, you know, I think it was just a great, it was an unbelievable atmosphere. Probably one of the best atmospheres I've ever been in. Looking back, like, what would you tell your 16-year-old self? I would say, for me, go for it more. I've always been very conservative. You know, I I feel like I learned a lot, but I feel like I could have come out of my shell a little bit sooner, a little bit earlier. And I think that comes with maturity and time. 
But going back, just be more confident and believe in myself about my ability for where I was going. What about you, Asha? For me, I would say continue to be very disciplined. I think um, I was always kind of one of the more talented players, but I didn't always have certain level of high discipline. Meaning if my coach left me and told me to stretch for 30 minutes, I'd stretch for 15, right? And I think eventually those things caught up with me and probably contributed to injuries. So I think I would tell myself to just be more conscious of the little things at that age. And then the last one would probably just be um, believe, believe in yourself and don't doubt. What advice would you give to a player who is about to turn pro? I think probably what we just said to our 16-year-old selves, try not to be so hard on yourself. You're a young player trying to develop your skills, your knowledge, your life everything. And you're also a young person. (laughs) So, you know, you have to be able to grow and mature and mature your time. And, you know, just, I would say, just be easy on yourself. You know, there are going to be a lot of things that are going to be hard and people are going to be around you are going to be hard. And, you know, you have to be gentle and, and easy with yourself to be able to get through those times and be able to be supportive and be your best friend. That would be my, my advice for them. Mm-hmm. My advice would probably be to surround yourself with a good team of people that have done it before or know what they're doing. Um, a lot of times, young players tend to overplay, and I think that that contributes to injuries as well. So make sure you have a knowledgeable team that's there to support you in every way, mentally, physically, make your schedules for you, um, and guide you in the proper way. So make sure you have good people around you. Awesome. All right. Thanks so much, both of you. This has been really great, but I can't wait for both of you to be taking over as hosts. I much prefer being behind the mic. All of you out there, thank you so much for taking the time to get to know our incredible hosts. Don't forget to come back to listen to our conversations with players and hear their stories of facing adversity and finding success all through the game they love. I'm Chiyoung Park, creator and producer of Opening the Court. And once again, I'm Sinead Perry, host of Opening the Court, and I'm looking forward to telling the stories from the player's perspective. And I'm Asha Roll, co-host of Opening the Court, and we can't wait to see you on the next episode. Opening the Court was edited by Tsukoko Sugiyama with music from Epidemic Sound. Please follow us on Instagram at openingthecourt.podcast. <laughs>